Welcome to the Supplement Engineer Podcast. My name is Robert Chinesky. Joining us today, the founder of Trivium Group and MMA athlete, Mr. Mina Elias. Mina, how are you doing, my friend? Thanks for uh, joining us. I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me. Very, very excited uh, to chat today. Yeah, this is going to be a really fun podcast because your background or your specialty, Trivium's specialty, is in helping businesses scale uh, their companies on Amazon specifically. And this is a niche that we've never really covered here on the podcast. So I'm excited to learn a lot myself because I've dabbled in it barely in in the way of helping brands get product pages up on the site. I've never tried to actually scale a business. I don't, that's not in my my career path or anything like that. But I think this would also be eye-opening and enlightening for the consumers out there as this, you know, they, obviously everybody buys stuff off Amazon or a significant majority of the population purchases things off Amazon if it's in their country. Uh, so it's a great service in that regard, but there's a few things maybe they should look out for, maybe a few things to be aware of when you're looking through products on Amazon. So we can touch on all of that. But before we get to that, um, anytime I have a guest on the podcast the first time, I like to get their background and how they get into this crazy industry that we call home. So take it away. Uh, perfect. So I, I, my background's in chemical engineering and chemistry. I came to America uh, from Dubai. I, I was born in Egypt, grew up in Dubai. 2011, I came to America to study um, you know, my goal was to get my bachelor's, get my master's, mm-hmm. work up the corporate ladder, uh, you know, get a, you know, whatever, become a CEO, whatever, whatever, whatever that dream was. Um, yeah. so I came to America 2011, got my bachelor's in chemical engineering and chemistry, graduated top of my class, got my master's, uh, and then worked up the co- corporate ladder. I started off at Medtronic, uh, which is like a medical, like surgical devices. And, and, um, you know, just went to a, bunch of other companies or a couple other companies after that. And um, I was just going from one to the next and and uh, just feeling like, y- yes, I'm working up the corporate ladder. Yes, I I, I did graduate top of my class. Yes, I, I did all these things, but it was not bringing me happiness. I was actually like less happy. Um, and, and uh, you know, it, it just it seemed like the, there is no way I want to continue living my life like this. And I, and I knew that that was the case when uh, one day, like my boss of my last company brought me into her office and she's like, hey, like, you seem like you're incredibly smart and you have a very promising future. Would you like to take over my place and become like the, you know, operator of the company in, in you know, 10 years? And I'm like, yeah, like that would be amazing. All right. That's my goal. And then I was driving home and I'm like, dude, my life sucks. Like imagine if I, <laughs> if, if I did this for the rest of my life, imagine if I showed up to work, um, you know, I, w- I would wake up at 4.30 in the morning, I hit the gym. I, w- I would be at the gym at 5.15 a.m., mm-hmm. uh, finish my workout at 6.15 a.m., commute for 45 minutes, work from 7 to 4, commute 45 minutes back, go to MMA, and and, and then sleep. And I'm like, this is not a life. Like, I, yeah. like, why did I work so hard so so I can do this? Like, that, that's not it. So that's when um, I was on vacation. So it was September 2018, I was on vacation with my uh, parents. Uh, I was in Egypt, and that's where I'm from. I was visiting them. And then we were, we were sitting down, and I'm – I'm going through like I'm buying like animal meal and then I'm buying like this thing and that thing and like six different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my dad's like, why are you like looking so much at supplements? Like you, you've been on your phone for two hours. I'm like, well, I, I really don't feel like uh, the supplements on the market right now have everything that I need. So I, I buy something that's close and then I buy a bunch of raws and I have to mix them and all this stuff. And he's like, why don't you make your own supplements? And I'm like, that's that seems very far fetched. Like I, I don't think I can make my own supplements. Like, don't you need like a hundred thousand dollars to start a supplement brand? He's like, what What's the cost of starting one? And that's that question was like, okay, I have to answer. I can't just you know pretend that I know the answer. Right. And I went into this deep dive of like, okay, 
what what would I make? And I was, uh, you know, I'm doing MMA. Uh, I was I was keto at the time, and I said. I would like to create an electrolyte product because nothing on the market has no sugar and has like decent enough sodium. Now LMNT is out there and stuff like, but Mm -hmm. before that there was nothing. And I created the first like high sodium, high uh, like potassium, magnesium, uh, like sugar-free, no no, like, you know, added sugars or anything or no sugar at all, uh, electrolyte. And so I was like, that's what I would create. Cause I was thinking about that or a pre-workout and I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know, pre-workout seems like it's, you know, there's a lot uh, out there. Um, and and uh, also, I'm glad that I didn't get into it because trying to flavor a pre-workout is very tough. <laughs> now now I know. But, but uh, um, you know, I'm like, okay, let's see. Like if I bought sodium, potassium, magnesium, uh, and, and like taurine as like the amino acid that helps the absorption in the body, mm-hmm. uh, and I bought them raw bulk on Amazon and mixed them at home, what would the cost be? So I ran the numbers. I'm like, I can make this for – the raw ingredients would cost $4.00. And if I had a, my roommate and I paid him $15 an hour and mm-hmm. you, you could do 15 bags and it would cost me $5 cost. <laughs> and, and then uh, on Amazon, it sells for an average of, you know, 20 to $30. I'm like, that seems like a good markup. So that's how I, I got it. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And I called my friend Paul, uh, you know, he, he owns like PG Sports, which is like a clothing mm-hmm. brand. And I'm like, how do you like start a, a company? He's like, oh, just go to LegalZoom.com. It costs like 400 bucks. And um, so I went to LegalZoom, created a, a, a company <laughs> and bought the raw ingredients. And that was how I started. And, and I started as a, as a supplement brand. I went knocking door to door, all of this stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, gyms, not door to door, like people's homes, like gyms and supplement stores. Mm-hmm. And everyone turned me down. And then I'm like. Dude, I buy everything on Amazon. I might, I might as well get my stuff on Amazon. So I got my stuff on Amazon, and uh, you know, from there, uh, I started like, you know, uh, like consuming all the content out there about Amazon. And I found that advertising and reviews were the two things, the two biggest things that like improved my business. So I started um, like spending more money on ads, and and this was like it was a complete loss, right? And, and you know, if you look at the PNL, but I'm, I'm glad that I had my my. Uh, full-time job paying for it. Like I was able to like put somebody there. It was better than paying money, like going out to the bars. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, you know, I, I kept asking, I asked like literally everyone that I ever knew, including all of my exes, everything. I'm like, please buy my product and leave me a review and I'll, I'll give you your money back. And, uh, so I was able to get reviews and, and the business started taking off. And, and that's when I realized I'm like, Ads like ads on Amazon really make a difference. And I became fully obsessed. I consumed all the content. I tweaked everything. And as like an engineer scientist, I was changing one thing at a time, making like very detailed notes. And then uh, I started sharing my findings with the world. And that's mm-hmm. when, I, you know, people started reaching out. Mina, can you please consult me? Can you look at my stuff? Da, da, da. I did a lot for free. Then I started charging money. And then like in early 2021, it was like the demand was so high for me to do it for other people. Yes. And I finally cracked. I always wanted to just do my own brand and, and you know, not get involved in like with client stuff. But I talked to someone and he's like, you know what? Like, don't worry about like b- bad clients because that was my biggest fear is like the last thing I want is like headaches and people. He's like, don't worry about bad clients. If you're really good, you can choose who you work with. And he was yeah. so right because when you're good, like you only can take on the good clients and then the people who are, and I'm, when I say good, I mean like people with good attitude and positive energy and, and the people that, you know, that are like, well, where's this? And like, they treat you like, 
you know, like you're the, you, you're like a slave for them. You know, they're like, ah, you know, I paid my retainer. Like you better do this for me. Like those people, you can be like, listen, like, I don't think we're a good fit. Like here's the two other people that are really good. You can, you know, maybe go talk to them. And so that, that's when things really took off for me. And, and we grew from a team of three to a team of 61 people uh, now. And we have about 120 something brands under management, half of them being supplements. So Wow. That's the yeah. So that that's uh, basically like how I got into Amazon and why I love Amazon so much. <laughs> Outstanding. Okay, there's a couple of things that I want to go back to, like rewind back to the beginning. So, chemical engineering, chemistry background, masters in industrial engineering. Are, are there any members of your family currently engineers? Yeah, all, um, like a lot of them. Like my my dad is uh, was an electric. He my dad worked in sales, but he was an electrical engineer by trade. My yeah. uncle is a civil engineer. Uh, my, my other uncles, like, they're all like engineers. My grandfather was a mechanical engineer. So come from, yeah, it's very similar to the way my, my dad, grandpa, younger brother and all that stuff. Was it weird or was there any friction when you decided to make that pivot away from engineering and the, the, the stable life into the supplement industry? You're just, was there not, maybe not friction, but just that kind of look from your parents and your family going, what the hell are you doing? You have this great degree, this great career. What in the world is going through your mind right now? Yeah, it was it was definite. So it was a mix, right? Because because I I am so like uh, overachieving in the family. So part of them was like, you know, like we're not too worried about this guy. Like he will always land on his feet. Like you know, being who I am. But the other part, like they always are like, when are you gonna like you know get an actual job? Like when are you gonna stop like messing around and like just get something stable? Because I like. When I when I started the supplement brand, uh, I was still working, and then six months in, I was let go, and uh, I was only making like four thousand a month in profits. So I packed all my stuff and went to Egypt to live off of like five hundred bucks a month, so I can reinvest into my business. And while I was there, my plan was to come back and and move to Los Angeles. And my grandma was like, uh, "Like, come on, like, when are you gonna like get an actual job?" <laughs> and I yeah. and I'm like, I'm like. Well, I, I honestly, I can't even explain like what's going on. So I'm like, uh, let me just try this out. And, and like, it, you know, if I can't pay my bills, I promise you I'll get a job. And, and so that's how I would handle these things. Very interesting. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. All right. Now let's transitioning to the Amazon thing. Well, how, I guess, how did you know that you had kind of struck the secret sauce? You know, you were working with something that was really good. And then I guess we can also discuss, Amazon ads versus Google ads, Facebook ads, Instagram ads, where should companies and, you know, like we'll approach it from the brand side first and then we can transition to the consumer side. For brands, where are their dollars best spent? And then, like, so we'll start with, how do you know the right way to structure an Amazon sales page? And I understand this is part of your business model, so you don't have to give away all the secrets that you have. There's but... no secret. I, I give everything away. Don't worry. Okay. Um, so what goes into making a, a very good selling or an attractive Amazon sales page? Should you be investing ads on other platforms that direct back to Amazon or just die, you know, investing those dollars purely into Amazon ads? Cool. So start with the first question. When did you know that you kind of struck something good? There was two moments that I can like remember. The first one was like when I had just first started, it was 10 days in. Uh, I was, I remember I was in LA fitness. I just finished like a swim, like a uh, workout. And I was looking at my phone, uh, you know, and from the previous day I had made 10 uh, sales. I'd spent a hundred dollars, made 10 sales, which was approximately like $200 in sales. Mm -hmm. And which is not a, uh, like I didn't make profit or anything, but I looked at the order names and it was all these random, like Robert, 
John, uh, you know, Brandy, whatever. And, and I'm like, wow, like this is unbelievable. Random people chose to buy my product. Like it just didn't, it was crazy. So that was the first time that I knew that like, because I spent that hundred dollars, I was able to actually make money. So, and it was like, that was the first. And then the second thing was, uh, fast forward to July when I was in Egypt, uh, you know, no job fully focusing on my business. I was in a bunch of Facebook groups and, and from November of 2018 to like July of 2019, I was just like taking, taking, taking from those groups. Right. I was just asking questions getting feedback from people who were better than me. Right. And then I'm like, you know, I, I kind of like experimented with a lot of things. I'm going to start sharing my findings. And I'm like, guys, you know, I just want to sh start sharing some of the stuff that I've found through wasting, not wasting, but like spending tens of thousands of dollars on ads. And, you know, I started like breaking it down and people went like nuts and they're like, oh my God, like you're a genius. I'm like, I, I'm not even like saying, I'm just telling you like what, what I experienced, like that's yeah. it. And, and uh, that's when I realized I'm like, this is like a really, really big demand. Like I, I got like maybe that day that I first started posting, I got maybe 10 messages uh, in my inbox, like saying, Hey, can we, can I pay you for consulting? And I'm like, wow, like this is, I, I've never been paid for consulting before. I was just an engineer. Yeah. And so they're like, yeah, can I, can I pay you like 200 bucks an hour for consulting? And I'm like, that's, that's uh, incredible. You know? That, yeah, I was going to say, that was gonna be my question is, how did you go about setting your rates for consulting? Because that is something I struggled with when I first made the transition from oil and gas field to this. And it's still something I struggle with today. Just, just in, internally, I'm just wondering, is that right to charge that amount? And then I hear what other people have charged and passed based on what yeah. their clients are saying. And I thought, yeah, I need to be charging a whole lot more. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, um, the so what I did is I went and I asked someone um, who like I knew was also like charging. I'm like, how much is your hourly rate? And they said like uh, 200 an hour. And so I, I said like 200 an hour. And then now I'm uh, like at a thousand an hour. And the way, the way that I got there was um, if I at 250, I had too many calls. I'm like, okay let's make it 350 and then it would, you know, become too many calls. And now I'll say, okay, let's do a 500. And that's kind of like how it went is just like, it was basically like, how can I hit like a sweet spot of like not too many calls on my calendar. Um, and, and I was just raised my price up now, uh, you know, I've, I've, um, because I know like if I, if I'm going to charge that much, I'm charging it to like a big company that if they pay me, they're going to make like tens of thousands more. It was, it was always that as well. Like, I, you know, I would never charge you 200 if I didn't know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I would make you a thousand dollars. And so I know I can, I can charge a thousand cause I'm going to make you in that one hour, I'll make you at least 10,000. And now I, I have like, I uh, have a couple of consultants in my company for the people that can't like spend that much. I'm like, I know that if you spend an hour with them, you're going to get five times your money back. So yeah. uh, that's how I go. Now, the second thing is, where do you invest your money? Is it Google? Is it Instagram? Is it Facebook? Is it Amazon? Very, very good question. I get this question all the time. If you're on Amazon, um, like the, the way that I look at it is like you're an investor um, and you're investing your money in different things. You can invest your money into uh, like Amazon ads or Instagram ads. You can invest your money into product A or your pre-workout or your protein. And the way that I always look at it, because we have so many brands come in and they're like, hey, we have a, a catalog of like 15 products we want you to advertise for. And I'm like, I'm not going to spend time, money and energy on 15 products. Like, it doesn't make sense. Let's look at your numbers. You know, it seems like three products are driving 90% of your revenue. Why are we going to spend money on those other ones? And so once you start thinking like an investor, you're like, where am I going to put $1 and one hour of you know time and energy? 
and I'm going to get the most return back. And uh, a lot of times the answer is if you're already on Amazon, the answer is Amazon because Amazon's traffic is very warm. So people are coming in when they type in protein powder, they're not like exploring the market. They're buying a protein powder. They're just actually weighing out their decisions. They're like, oh, this one looks like it's cool. This one looks like it's, you know, has more protein than this other one. And they're going to buy one. Um, you know, if you're on Google shopping, it, it could be similar. If you're on Google, like regular, it, they could be looking at like, what's the new, pre, you know, uh, protein powder on the market or what is the best type of protein? Is it, uh, you know, uh, hydrolyzed whey or is it like whey concentrate? You know, so they could be still exploring with Facebook and Instagram uh, and TikTok, it's inter it's like interrupt pattern interrupt. So you're not even in the market for anything, but you're hoping that someone who sees your ad and clicks on it is like, oh, like this is cool. But I've done that many times where I'm like watching, I'm on, you know, whatever, Instagram. And then I get an ad for like this cool looking protein. I'm like, what is this? And I go, I look through the ingredients. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, I just bought one. So I'm not really interested. And so from um, like return on investment standpoint, on Facebook, Instagram, anything outside of Amazon, you still need to establish trust. You, you need to capture the person like exactly when they want to buy. With Amazon, anyone who clicks on, on your products or, or you know, look, clicks on your ads, they are already interested in buying. And the, they, it takes them one second to click buy. And, and also they, are, they have trust in Amazon because any, anything that happens hey this pro this protein uh, looks bad to me like i think it went bad okay sure return done and so like some sellers might be like oh like you know you, you, amazon is against sellers but amazon just optimizes for the absolute best customer experience and you know any business operating inside of amazon just expect like a one or two percent return rate that factor that into your pricing and you're solid you know and and but you know that one or two percent return rate in exchange you get like so much more uh, trust and, and like, you know, purchases on Amazon because they know they can, they can buy anything. And if they don't like it, you can return it. And then there's obviously the people that take advantage, right? Like my sister is one of those people that buys and returns things all the time. And I'm like, why you keep buying and returning things on Amazon? You know, <laughs> like just, just only buy what you, what you need. And, and she's like, no, I, I buy it. And if I don't like it, I'll return it. And I'm like, you're making people like my life hard. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure all the brand owners really appreciate all those returns that happen. To <laughs> yeah, my goodness. Okay, so that's the, the basic parts of investing, yeah. choosing where to in, invest your dollars. Let's now discuss crafting a really high quality product page. Um, I guess how in depth does it need to be? Is it the more in depth? The let me say. All right, so if we're looking, let's use the protein powder example you just did. So. Optimum nutrition, muscle tech, dynamitize, you know, the big three that have, do I really need to make a big protein powder? I mean, do I need to invest a whole lot of time into making a product page? Because my protein has been on the market for decades. People know it. It's a recognized name brand, lots of quality, good stuff. Well, for two of those three, I'm, I'm not going to get specifics. Two of those yeah. three have pretty good reputations. The third one, there's been <laughs> I know who's the third. And then maybe you're a young, scrappy upstart looking to scale your business. Is it better for you as that young, scrappy upstart to really invest developing really premium graphics, A-plus content, sexy bullet points that are hitting on those SEO buzzwords and all of that stuff? So what have you found from your experience? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'll hit it from from two two pieces, right? Because like the scrappy thing, uh, there's also it plays into the advertising. So let's just focus on you're, you're launching your product. So, you know, Labrada, right? Um, mm -hmm. 
So yeah. Hunter, we're launching Hunter's uh, protein. And uh, the biggest question for me was like, guys, like, why would someone buy this protein over everyone else's protein? And that's the number one question. Uh, and the reason for, for Hunter's is because, um, you know, they have 100% hydrolyzed way. Everyone else has like 50, 60, 70%. So it, th those are the things that you have to like immediately. Now, let's just go through a customer journey. Um, number one, I type in protein powder on Amazon. I, I, it's almost like a bodybuilding competition. There's protein one, protein two, protein three, protein four. The main things as a consumer that you're looking at is the image and, and what's communicated through the graphic in that image, right? The main image, um, the price and the reviews. So those are the main things. Now, if you're, if you're shipping time, if you're not like fulfilled by Amazon, if you're fulfilled by merchant, you're going to ship it on your own and you don't have that prime badge. That's a disqualifier. Um, and so you always have to think it's, if it's a bodybuilding competition, it's like they're looking like, oh, this guy's calves are too small to disqualify him. This guy's not uh, lean enough to disqualify him. That's what a shopper is doing is like, um, I don't know how many grams of protein are in this disqualified. I know this one's 30. You know, uh, I don't know, like, uh, you, you know, something about this product disqualified. This pro price is too high disqualified. The reviews are not good disqualified. And I, I think if you go and look at your, like, uh, purchase behavior or any of, any of us consumers can do this, you're like, why did I buy this, like, product? And you're like, well, actually, I saw four different ones. And I'm like, well, this one doesn't have this. This one was too much. This one was that. This one had the least disqualifiers. And so I chose it. And that's usually like the, the shopping behavior. So with that being said, uh, you want to create an image uh, like the, the let's talk about like the, the different factors is number one, the image in the image has to be super high quality. And it has to like when if you put your image and your top competitors images and you say, which one would you click on and why if you're buying a protein powder, they should majority be pointing towards yours and saying this one because of the value proposition and the value mm -hmm. proposition being like in Hunter's case, it has a higher amount of, of hydrolyzed whey uh, per, per like serving uh, than anyone else, or it, it's like a better flavor or it's, um, you know, the, the best dissolving or something like that. So what makes your protein better than everyone else? Um, and, and, you know, another factor in that is the price. And so pricing is going to uh, play a factor. And, and a lot of people will experiment with, Let's do $39.99. What about $37.99? What about $42.99? And you look at your click-through rates and your conversion rates and mm -hmm. do you see like, uh, you know, maybe you're making more in profit per unit, but a lot less people are clicking on you. Or maybe you're making less and a lot more people are clicking on you. And so uh, the uh, crafting a, a good page starts with main image, you know, price, reviews. Um, you, you can have coupons and discounts. I, I'm not a huge fan of coupons and discounts. Um, and make sure that you're have the prime batch. So you're, you're sending your stock to Amazon and they're shipping it from their warehouses. A lot of people will say like, it's more expensive on Amazon. I a hundred percent. It's not like I've, we've seen so many businesses. If you use Amazon's fulfillment services, it's, it's always going to beat anyone else. Like it's just, they're so they're because of their sheer volume, they're super discounted and they hold your product everywhere in the country. So like I have a 3000 units in Amazon right now mm -hmm. and there, there's like, 15 units in like every city in the country. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's why they can get it to you so quick. Um, Do they so have an MOQ that you, like, as a brand that you say you have to send them a minimum of 3000 units to get your foot in the door with them or something no, like that? They actually have the opposite. You can send them a maximum of a thousand units when, when you're starting off because people used to send like 4,000 units and they would take up space in the warehouse, but they wouldn't sell. 
And Amazon makes their money when you sell a product, not when they hold it and charge you storage fees. Right. So they started, they're like, listen, you're allowing you to send a thousand units only when you launch. And based on your sell through, we'll give you like 60 days of, of inventory uh, storage availability. Mm -hmm. So, so that's the, this is the first piece is, is when the person types in protein powder and they see the products, they then click on and go to your page. Now, the set, now what makes a, a really good page, the things you should highlight your image, Assume that everyone who's buying your product is just going to scroll through the image and look at look through the images. So with that being said, how many times have we seen a protein powder where it's the front of the bottle, the side of the bottle, the back of the bottle? I'm like, this tells me there's no reason for me. I'm not buying it at like GNC, right, where I'm, I'm holding it and looking at it. No, mm -hmm. this is Amazon. I want like, okay, main image. And then the second one is here's like an infographic of like maybe the protein powder like cut in the middle and you can see like the different layers of like this is this and this is that and you know it says faster digestion bottle all these like different things that make me want to buy your your product and right. so if i scroll through the images it's like i'm convinced i'm convinced a little bit more i'm convinced a little bit more i'm oh, i'm sold you know um so images have to be like that very uh, like uh, like li lifestyle infographic text like big text heavy don't put a paragraph of why uh, you know this new paracinthin whatever ingredient is like better for you based on clinical <laughs> studies like you know and it's like uh -huh. I, i'm not gonna read this like this is whole <laughs> paragraph just tell me like you know 60 65 percent more potent than regular caffeine okay cool i got it like yeah. thank you um and then a video is always good. You know, having a video like a, a commercial style video on your listing doesn't have to be expensive. Um, there's a lot of like uh, creators out there that can, you know, just using their phone at home, make a very nice commercial uh, for you yeah. um, for cheap. Then uh, besides that, title and bullet points really matter for SEO, like title being the number one, bullets being number two. So just make sure that you explain the product in a nice way and have all the keywords because Amazon's a, it's a big like catalog system. Right. So they're like, tell us what keywords, you know, are, are for your product and we'll put you in the right uh, pages. Um, then from there, it, you have more creative, which is the A plus content. And, and that is something that I suggest that, you know, everything that you couldn't sell in the images, that's where you sell more. Okay. There's also a, a, a module called the brand story. And it's where you can showcase like who your brand is so you can you know for like let's say like hunter for example he's a bodybuilder and his dad is like you know and all this stuff and he can showcase that um you know for for there's a lot of like family owned or this you know uh bear bear uh bpn what is bear performance nutrition right nick yeah bear. nick bear yeah, yeah nick, nick can show his face and his story and how he started and probably him with the dog you know something <laughs> like that you know what i mean yeah. like that vibe but that's his vibe or he started off military so i don't know if he would like maybe put some of that in um mm -hmm. but that's where you know you could touch the hearts of like the consumer and then under it is where you would showcase even more uh you know maybe more social proof maybe you know a little bit more of that stuff that you couldn't showcase in the images um and then the questions uh, section is very important at, like you can you can preemptively as yourself like let's say i'm selling a protein powder i'll go in as mina and say uh, you know, how does this taste compare to other proteins? What about this? Does it have this many, this much protein? And at, preemptively ask all of the questions that I know other people are going to be asking and answer it. So then you you already know as a consumer, like, you know, how many grams of protein does this have? Let's say like you're blind and you didn't see the images, yeah. the answer is there. Or uh, does this mix well with milk? And it's like, yeah, this is like not clumpy at all with milk. 
and and um you know already have that and then obviously reviews is one of the biggest 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 levers that you can pull uh everyone really cares about social proof so getting a, a consistent flow of people buying your product and then reviewing it is going to be you know huge okay um do you find that the the comparator graphic so say you've, you've got one of those column things and you've got hey protein one and then competitor one two three and you say 25 grams of protein per scoop uh time released bland easy mixing and then you do the check marks do you yeah. find that those have a significant impact on consumers or not so much? No, based on the data, uh, they don't. So we've had that and we've had to, like upselling our other products and we've had yeah. none of it. And mm -hmm. there's no you know significance in the change. I think people are, are like, everyone is going to be like, yeah, of course you're comparing yourself and making yourself better than everyone else. Right. Uh, but they're, they're anyways going to like check, check others. So they're, mm -hmm. so Anyways, they're like, let's say if you're on Dimatizes page, you're anyways going to check, you know, Nitrotech and you're anyways going to check Optimum Nutrition and, and the other ones before making a decision. So it's like, you know, it's almost like I feel like uh, consumers are smart enough to be like, don't try and tell me what I care about because, you know, like I'm anyways going to do my homework sort of thing, at least from a data. I mean, this is just speculation, but from a data standpoint, we, we haven't seen a, a change in the conversion rates. Okay. What are some things people need to look out for? I guess brands, what are some faux pas that brands should avoid probably when crafting a page to scale it on Amazon? Yeah, things to avoid, um, you know, claims. Uh, Amazon is cracking down on claims a lot. So, uh, you know, if you're any one of those products that like makes claims, uh, stay away from that because they will just shut you down and then later on be like, oh yeah, that was a mistake. Uh, so just stay as far away as you can from that. Um, the, the image thing is big, like so many, uh, brands just let's take our Shopify images. Let's take our whatever images and put them up on Amazon. Uh, let's, you know, do, do the, the three uh, sides of the render, right? The front, the side, the, and it's like that, that will, will, uh, not, uh, do now another thing that I also think brands should pay attention to a lot of brands will get up on Amazon and, uh, not have like this, uh, urgency of getting reviews. And so many times I'm like, if you have seven, eight, 10 reviews and you get one, one star review, you get knocked really hard and it hurts a lot. So get, have a review strategy. Maybe, you know, if you're like, you have a store or a gym or whatever, go and tell 50 people like guys, like buy the product on Amazon. Like we'll give you another one. Show us your order. We'll give you another one free. Incentivize them to leave a review. It's against terms of service. Everyone's doing it though. Um, but yeah, I've heard, I've heard when you first mentioned that, I thought I've heard a bunch of other companies doing that and I've, yeah, I've been reached out to do the same thing in, in kind. So yeah, it's, it's just part of the game. Everyone's trying to get people to review their product. And then uh, when you have a hundred five star and you get one person that's like, well, this tasted really bad. It's like, you know, obviously, which is a preference thing. And, and also you're like, reach out to me. I'll, I'll refund you. You know, I understand. Uh, but most people just want to like leave a negative review and, 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 you know, like not most people, but like, you know, most of those kinds of people. Yeah. So it's like, if you can have a hundred five star reviews when, when inevitably that one star review comes in, it won't hurt you as much. But if you, if you weren't taking it seriously, you have seven reviews and one, one star review comes, you go like to like, three stars, uh, you know, instead of like going from a five to a 4.8, you go from a five to like a 3.1 because the one star review in Amazon's eyes is like much, much uh, like more weight. Right. Interesting. 
Okay. Let's flip it around to the consumer side. Consumer pulls up a product page. Are there any red flags right away that kind of pop out and say, hmm, this is this is looking a little squirrely to me? Yeah, yeah. Definitely uh, like validate any any of the claims that they have. If they're not clearly showcasing like ingredients, make sure, you know, like like that's a red flag. If they're if they're if, if their strategy of saying that they have a better product is by putting others down. That's a red flag. Um, go look at the reviews and then scroll uh, to older reviews. So if it's 2023, go back to the 2021 reviews. If you notice, it, sometimes people will use an old, like another listing. It could be like, you know, uh, I think Vitamin Bounty just got sued, um, you know, and they didn't even do something that bad. They went from like a pill, uh, uh, like apple cider vinegar pill to a gummy, but they kept the same listing, which kept all the reviews. Now, what other people do is they'll have like a di completely different product and then they'll put a new product and they'll reuse their, UP, you know, UPC code, which is the universal product code. Um, so... Look at the old reviews and see, like, the make sure it looks, like, very organic. Um, look at how fast they're getting reviews. If you, um, I guess, like, if you scroll through the reviews and you notice that they're just getting, like, tens of reviews a, a day or, mm -hmm. a, or whatever, like, 100 reviews a month, then it's, like, they're definitely incentivizing. You know, it's, it's uh, you can incentivize, it's okay, but when you're incentivizing that much, it's, like, there, you know, you're just trying to, you know, you, you like you don't know the the like how good of a product it is. And then obviously, there's the side of like um, if they have lab tests that they can, you know, or batch results or things like that. Mm -hmm. All of that stuff really, uh, you know, builds authority. Um, go and look at their like website. Go look at their Instagram. Look at you know some social proof. If there are ghosts everywhere and they're only on Amazon. That could be also a red flag, like, um, you know, because uh, the thing is, like, a lot of people just try to take advantage uh, on mm -hmm. Amazon. They, they'll launch a, a brand like this. They'll just go to a manufacturer, la label it. They can put anything that they want on the label. And, yeah. you know, who's going to catch you, right? Only the FDA after someone, you know, tests it and says, hey, I, I you know, I spent $300, $500 testing this product and it, it has false claims. So that's just some of the few things to, to you know, pay attention to. Okay, good. Um, with building a brand and scaling a brand, would in, based on your experience with the clients that you've worked with, is it beneficial, and you, you alluded to this just a second ago, with having other avenues of contact, so having a website, having social media points of contact, when it comes to the initial offering of your product, do you think it's wise to only – Get, allow and sell your stuff through Amazon. You can have your your brand website. So call it, you know, mmanutritionsupplements.com and you've got your MMA nutrition stuff. You've got uh, your website. And I've seen it before where brands have a website, but every time you go to purchase a product, it directly links it back to Amazon. Do you think that's a good strategy? Obviously, you're going to be losing a little bit of your margin by selling through Amazon, but you've got wider reach. It's less advertising you probably have to do because you don't have to pitch it on Instagram as much. Um, but there is that bigger profit margin, which may be more appealing to people if they're not looking at the longer game or just growing, you know, going wider with their audience. Okay. So um, a lot of people that do the, you know, you click on it and it takes you to Amazon is because they'd just rather fulfill on Amazon. They're also going to have much better conversion rates on Amazon they don't really care about like you know converting on on uh, direct to consumer. You can also do buy with Prime. So there's now like a buy with Prime beta where it's like Shop Pay. You click buy with Prime and it, it'll just like 
you know, use your Amazon account to pay for it and it'll ship from Amazon and you mm -hmm. keep all of the customer data. Now, the, the misconception is that you think that Amazon is more expensive. It's not it, it, like if you look at my numbers uh, mm -hmm. on, on direct to consumer, um, my fulfillment cost is like five dollars and 90 cents. And on Amazon, my fulfillment cost and my 15 percent is five dollars and like 80 cents. So it's it's almost the same. Amazon's shipping fee is is like half, and so it, like when, when all is said yeah. and done, your your shipping fee on on Shopify or any any you know direct to consumer, your mm -hmm. shipping fee is a lot higher. On Amazon, it's lower, but then they add their fifteen percent commission, so it becomes essentially the same. Uh, now the the pros of Amazon, you don't have to deal with anything. You just ship. What you send 1,000 units once to Amazon, they deal with everything instead mm -hmm. of you having to send it to a third party logistics and deal with all of that stuff. But then, if you look at your cost per acquisition on Shopify versus on Amazon, it's always going to be more expensive on Shopify because you have to, or on like direct to consumer because you have to build the trust and all this stuff. So, it, it was going to cost you more in ads. Uh, you might have to have like ads and then retargeting and all of that stuff for one conversion versus on Amazon. Like they don't care. Like they, they trust Amazon. They're going to convert. So mm -hmm. that also plays part of the equation. If the fulfillment is going to be the exact same cost and your cost for, uh, on Shopify is going to be higher, that's now where Shopify or direct to consumer will win is that you get the emails of these people. And if you have a really good product, you can start email marketing and, and SMS marketing and saying, hey, you know, like um, you're, you're about to run out. Like, do you want to buy again? I'll give you 10% code, things like that. And that's where your lifetime value on, on Shopify can, instead of being like $30, can be $100. But on Amazon, you don't even know the lifetime value and, and you know you can't do any email marketing or anything like that. So right. the next time that they want to buy a protein powder, they're like, yeah, this time I bought Dimatize. This next time I'll buy you know, Optimum Nutrition. Versus if you buy on the Dimatize site, they're just going to kind of hit you with like, oh, we have this new cookies and cream flavor. Oh, you know, our bestseller, like uh, caramel, salted caramel is back in stock. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, I want to try that. So that's where you might win with direct to consumers. The email marketing will increase the lifetime value. Uh, and on Amazon, you're going to win because you're going to have a much lower cost per acquisition. Okay. Um, both are good strategies. We've seen recently a lot of brands, like we had a VC uh, funded brand uh, recently say we cut all spend on everything and put it all into Amazon, like with us, because they just yeah. saw so much higher returns. Um, and we're like, okay, cool, great. And then uh, I think Neurogum, you know, the, the yeah. Japanese gum. So when we started with them, they were like 65% D2C. Uh, and that now they're like 65% Amazon. Uh, because mm -hmm. just Amazon, it's it's like a flywheel. Like, you, you you know, the better your product is, the more reviews you have. It shows up in more places and, and more people buy it. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, as a business owner, I would just say, where's where are you going to put $1 and it's going to go longer um, if you have a, like a, an exit strategy, like if you're exiting to an, a an Amazon aggregator, they don't care. Like if you have, you know, D2C presence or, or, you know, Shopify and Amazon, they just care about what your bottom line is on Amazon. And then the, they know that they can take that over and, and continue it. Um, if you're exiting to like a strategic partner or something, then they're like, yeah, we want to see diversified, like, you know, D2C, Amazon retail. They want to know that you have a big customer base and a customer list. Uh, because Amazon will drive like profitability. The customer list will have like the brand and loyalty and things like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's not like a, there's one answer, like Amazon's better. Shopify is better. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a business.
No, no, that's that's very good. I'm glad you gave the nuance for that. I was I was hoping you wouldn't just say that. I mean, because a lot of times when people <laughs> are asking about yeah, if, if people are asking about supplements, they say is it good or bad. I thought, what what's the application? What's your lifestyle like? I mean, there there's nuance yeah. to everything. Everything is not black and white. So I'm glad you gave that that insight to that question. Yeah. Um, is there anything? Well, one other thing I want to get for clarification. So if as a brand on Amazon and you sell a product through them, they buy your protein powder, pre workout, liver health supplement, whatever. You do not get that person's email address or contact stuff. Nothing. Amazon keeps all that data and they don't pass it on, even though that person purchased your yeah. product. Yeah, we we used to get like name names and and uh, not email addresses. We used to get names and address, and then you could take the name and address and upload it to Facebook, and you would be able to like build a custom audience. But they hashed everything, so you can't get any any information at all about anyone. The, they are rolling out their email marketing tool. Yeah. Right where you can use Amazon to like do email marketing, but so far like there's zero return, like so like it's less than one percent open rates, like things like that. So as of right now, it's not there. But yeah, like the Amazon completely protects uh, you, like protects the shopper from uh, yeah the consumer from the seller because obviously they don't want anyone to you know be like hey like come come off of Amazon and come buy it on our uh, site. Like they they're that's what they're trying to avoid. Yeah, and with the amount of products people buy off Amazon, probably saves them from getting four billion emails of spam saying, "Hi, we've got a sale on our site," and all this other stuff. So, I, exactly. I, I at first I thought that's that's kind of strange if I'm selling my product, but now looking at it from that other point of view, it makes a lot yeah, more sense. It, I'm glad everything they do that. that Amazon does makes a hundred percent sense uh, for the customer experience. Like mm -hmm. everything, like they they just make it better and better and better. And and um, I also want to touch on like. For the customers that think like the Amazon is the bad guy, Amazon is just a marketplace. It's literally like Whole Foods. It's like anywhere where people like us, like the brand owners, we put our product up there and they just facilitate. Like they have the facility, they bring the shoppers and, and you showcase your products and that's it. And, and, you know, so like I know a lot of people are like, oh, you know, buy on D2C or buy on Shopify to support the person more. But like it doesn't really matter. Like it's, uh, you know, you're not supporting one person more or less. The only thing is if you buy on, on direct to consumer, you're just opening yourself up to being email marketed to and stuff more. Um, so it depends. Like if, if the brand is like offering a lot of value, like I know Legion uh, supplements, um, you know, they, they're, My yeah, they're, Mike Matthews and those guys, man, they're crushing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they, they send a lot of like good value, like Here's a workout tip. Here's this, like why your, your knees hurt when you're squatting, like all of these things. Uh, so maybe that's like, you're like, okay, I, I, I'm cool with that. Uh, but then there's the others that are just like discount, this Black Friday deal, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, unsubscribe. So that's the only difference. Okay. Um, do you think with, uh, I don't know if you, you listen to or read Stack 3D at all for some of the new product releases off of that website. But it seems like every other week there is some new brand, some new energy drink entering the marketplace. Do you think we're approaching critical mass to where it, it doesn't make sense to start a new brand on Amazon? Like are we almost hitting that that bubble to where it's just you you are better invested in going to the D to C route or doing something like that from what you're experiencing, what your metrics are. Um, I think I think you can no longer like um like do it for the money. Like you really have to do it because you're creating a solution uh, to a problem that's better than everyone else's solution. So, you know, the same way that I looked at the market and as a person on keto, I didn't find an electrolyte that had high enough sodium and, and no sugar. Um, 
you know, like that's that's creating a solution to a problem that's better than than what's out there. Mm -hmm. Every day I hear of people innovating and creating new solutions. Um, you know, we were working with skinny pasta and it's like, you know, it, it, one of those like high protein, uh, you know, pastas. Mm -hmm. yeah, so that like obviously now there's like a bunch of them. Uh, so there's always like these, uh, you know, um, like types of solutions coming out there, which is like cool. Like you hate the traditional like I just bought this uh, ramen and it's like. High protein ramen, uh, like good carbs, like you know, like lower uh, glycemic index carbs, uh, no MSG or any of that stuff. I'm like, cool. Like everyone loves ramen. Mm -hmm. Everyone hates the all like the negative stuff that comes with the ramen. They created something new and cool. So there's there's always room for that. You know, same with Hunter's. Uh, you know, hydrolyzed way. Only one on the market that's 100% hydrolyzed. Um, so it's like if you're doing that, there's more than enough room for you because think about it, like. We had cell phones and in, in 2000 and uh, what, like five, four, three, right? We we yeah, I got one. My old Nokia cell phone was 03 and I got it my senior year of high school, right? At the very I, end. So, yeah. I got, I got it from my dad. I got my dad's uh, cell phone when in 2008. Uh, mm. I got my first uh, cell phone ever in 2008. So, like, and, and I mean, there's a lot of cell phones back then, there's a lot now. Uh, be, but because they kept coming up with new solutions, uh, like, you, you know, you, you could, uh, if you were Apple, you would have successfully launched, uh, you know, a brand new cell phone uh, brand. So there is room for supplements. 100% there's a lot of room. Um, Mudwater is a great example. Like they just mm -hmm. launched, a, you know, a coffee alternative. Um, my friend Rob, uh, he, you know, the Genius brand, he, like he found found. Yeah, the Robert Oliver. Yeah, I know Rob. I, yeah. Well, I, it's been a, a while since I've talked to him, but he was one of the the companies that initially did some product pages for. We're talking like seven years ago. Yeah, I'm 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 going to hang out with him tomorrow uh, in oh, Puerto sweet. Rico. Yeah, yeah. Is he still involved with Genius, no. or is he? I started to no, step he, back a little while ago. Yeah, he exited, but he launched a new one called Top Shelf Grind, and it's a coffee. So it's a functional coffee. So there's so much coffee out there. But now he has like a, a test boosting coffee, a fat burning coffee, cool. uh, like, you know, a nootropic coffee. So mm -hmm. like if you're innovating like that, there's more than enough room for you on the market. You obviously don't want to be too crazy innovative where no one's looking for you because they don't know it exists. And, and but, you, you know, you don't want to be like, yeah, I also have a protein powder. What's different about yours? Nothing. Or like I had a friend and they launched um, a BCA. I'm like. You know why is your BCA better? He's like, we have eight grams of BCAs, not seven. And I'm like, okay, like literally, someone tomorrow can do eight grams of BCA, and like there's nothing novel about that. Yeah. So, so like, you know, as long as you're innovating, there's more than enough room. Um, if you're not, yeah, there's no room for you. And especially since everyone's getting so sophisticated, and the barrier to entry is going down. Like all of the contract manufacturers, uh, like know now, like okay, anyone can start a brand. They're willing to help you. They've done it a million times. They, they, there used to be a much higher barrier. And now it's like they already know. Like it, after COVID, everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. If you have enough money, like minimum order quantities, like a thousand units, they'll do a run for you and, you know, go for it. So it's so much easier now to enter the market. So, so you just have to enter with a better product. Is there anything you would change about the current Amazon marketplace or what, it, what some of their restrictions maybe are for uh, brands getting started and the content they allow or the products they offer. So Amazon now mandates ISO certification. 
um, uh, like for for any supplement brand. And and if you're going to get listed on Amazon, you have to submit this ISO certification, but they're not enforcing it well enough. So they they should uh, they should enforce it. Uh, like I think that they should enforce it. They should make you submit an ISO certification from, you know, one of their labs that they verify mm -hmm. based on your ingredient list. And I think that they should spot check too. And if they did that, they would completely clean up, uh, you know, their entire supplement uh, category because then at any point in time, they spot check someone, they send it to the, like, they're, they're like, we reserve the right, like once a, uh, a quarter to randomly pull and test, you know, and, and charge you $500 for like a lab test, mm -hmm. which by the way, like, you know, any of like the reputable, reputable like brands like Ambrosia, for example, uh, on every single bottle, like there's this, uh, a QR code, you scan it and there's a lab test of that batch yeah. on like of the bottle. So of, of like of their protein or whatever. So if Amazon did that and then they were randomly testing stuff for ingredient like composition, then you would have a very clean marketplace. Anyone that doesn't satisfy that, like, you know, you're suspended until further notice you know, we have to do a much bigger test and like take different samples and blah, blah, blah. And, and mm -hmm. you know, that would scare everyone away. Okay. But yeah, it would clear out some of the riffraff. Um, is there anything we haven't touched on yet that uh, for the consumers should be aware of or people looking to grow a brand on Amazon? If they're maybe just at, just touching their foot and toes in the water and they really want to get serious about it, is there some things, some factors they should consider? Um you know, if, if you want to, if you want to get uh, like start a brand, get it up on Amazon. Uh, the, the one thing that I didn't mention is, is a product validation. So to, to, to like, before you invest all this money, you want to figure out like if your product is good or not, there's two ways. The first is the easy way, like the focus groups, uh, you're creating a protein powder. Like, um, one of my employees, she just created a woman, uh, meal replacement. So for busy women that want like a full meal, you know, it's just it's one packet, you mix it, you drink it, it's delicious, and it satisfies you. It has like a good like profile. Mm -hmm. So she went and she found like 60 busy women, like you know, kind of like who are uh, like in business or like entrepreneurs, or like just like maybe you know, like normal corporate, whatever. Mm -hmm. And she asked them like exactly what would you want in that thing, and then she sent them samples and all this stuff. So that, that's one way to validate the, the other one, is which is the next step I would say is to use like a software like PICFU, P-I-C-K-F-U.com or product opinion, uh, like, which is like product opinion, but without the O.com. And then you can take your product and your competitors and then ask 50 people. It costs $1 per, per person. So like 50 people is $50 and say, which of those would you choose if you were buying a protein powder and why? And if you're noticing people are choosing others or not choosing you or whatever, then you're not good enough to launch on Amazon because you're going to be launching with a, with a worse review and star rating. You, mm -hmm. you have no reviews. Um, so to win the majority of people without knowing the reviews, uh, but with knowing the price and everything mm -hmm. should choose you. And they should be like, yeah, I'd rather choose this because it, it has this, this, and this is like all of the things that I'm looking for. So, uh, you know, a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get my product on Amazon. And then they, they get up on Amazon and, and you know, it, they, they like flop. And then they're like, Amazon sucks. It doesn't work. And I don't want that to happen to people. So validate your product well before you ever do Amazon. Because when you go on Amazon, 
you have to go all in like right off the bat you could obviously test the waters and then relaunch with like a new variation it could be the exact same product like a slight difference and go all in then once you validate the market a little bit but you know instead of like putting money and energy into something that you're not 100 percent sure of do like the the consumer like testing first okay do you think these tactics and the strategies that you've developed would apply to other industries outside of uh, sports nutrition products. I mean, could you use it for apparel for somebody that is a novelist looking to sell a book? Could you employ similar strategies or is that a whole different set of, uh, marketing strategies and tactics you have to employ? I think everyone, everything I talked about, uh, will apply not, not to anything that like requires taste, like fashion, uh, you know, books, whatever, like that's pretty, ta- like it's based on personal taste. I don't know if that will apply there. I haven't had success with that kind of stuff, but it will apply to anything that, you know, you're looking for a solution to a problem. Uh, so you're, you want to buy something to make ice cubes. So you're looking for like an ice cube maker. Uh, you're, you're looking for like a, a water bottle dispenser. Those things, like it's clear that you can create something that's better than everyone else. And you can tell that it's better than everyone else because you can go look at all the pros of everyone incorporated, look at all the, the negative reviews, remove it and, and showcase that you don't have the negatives and it's that's it right versus like a, a shirt a hoodie uh you know apparel i mean like what's good and what's not good right yeah it's gonna be more subjective than something that is more objective like the water filter works or it doesn't yeah, yeah. It, it, like it has 12 hour battery life versus seven uh it's like easy and simple so yeah go for like object or this this will apply for objective stuff uh, but i'm not sure if it will apply for subjective stuff okay Awesome. In wrapping things up, Mina, let's get a little look into your daily, weekly training and supplementation regimen. Wow. Okay. So my, my daily, uh, like, let's say my training routine. So I have uh, Monday, Tuesday. Um, so I, I lift uh, five times a week, Monday, Tuesday, and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, you know, Monday, Tuesday, like back and by, chest and try. And then I do shoulders, leg, like day off, shoulders, legs, and then shoulders and arms again. Um, and then I do MMA uh, four times a week. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday is wrestling and jujitsu. Tuesday is striking. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's all of my workouts. Uh, diet is like pretty simple, uh, like eggs and cottage cheese in the morning and then chicken and vegetables for lunch. I try and have no carbs at all during the day. And then for uh, for dinner, I'll do chicken and, and uh, rice post-workout uh, and like some vegetables. Uh, and then I'll do like uh, egg whites and casein protein. Uh, so that's that's like generally my diet. Supplements, I have a lot. So I have a list. I'm just going to open up real quick because, um, yeah. <laughs> There's a whole cabinet have, in your house full of stuff probably like mine is. My pantry yeah, doesn't have, have food. It's just supplements. Prep. Like I literally have – I have like the big thing and it's like morning and night. Yeah. So I do zinc, vitamin D, vitamin K2, vitamin C, 5-methylfolate, Copper, boron, curcumin, astragalus, selenium, berberine, chromium, uh, P5P, tongarali, uh, creatine, glutamine, um, and electrolytes. Awesome. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. And, oh, and pre-workout. And pre-workout. But pre-workout is like a delicacy for me. I do yeah. early bird, early bird uh, cocktail for my pre-workout. Okay. Are you caffeine sensitive? Do you have a do you use a lot of caffeine during the day pretty much like lots of yeah. coffee lots of energy drinks or not lots but you know just you're you're generally that's part of the daily consumption yeah i do um i do around 300 milligrams a day of caffeine 
um it'll be like 150 in the morning and then either in the afternoon or in the evening uh like before my second workout 150 um i have no sensitivity at all to caffeine so like i can have more i can do up to 600 700 without any issues um so yeah i mean i just love like pre-workout like the tingly yeah. feeling like that stuff is just like that's heaven for me yeah do you yeah. find the higher caffeinated stuff or i guess when you're going for your mma and your striking classes do you load up with a bunch of pre-workout or is that more for your am training your resistance training sessions and you're not doing so much caffeine for the more intense cardiovascular stuff in the afternoons no i'll do it for both uh but what i found uh, makes a huge difference in my performance when it's high intensity even at the gym i feel it but i feel it like even more for mma is i use vitargo so i'll use like vitargo and you know vitargo it's like yep. The most broken down form of like carb carbohydrates yep. that plus like some essential amino acids and i'll i'll have like that uh maybe like 30 minutes before uh mma mm -hmm. and then i'll go in and it's like the performance difference is like insane like i will not gas i will not get tired and especially when i because i drink a lot of like electrolytes mm -hmm. uh and, and so you know i can feel a huge difference when i don't have high amounts of sodium in, in my diet uh, and like I try and do like jujitsu or wrestling, there's a lot more fatigue, a lot faster than than with high electrolytes. And then the Vitargo's like really, you know, helps me push the pace a lot harder. When you were keto, did you find that you were struggling from uh, like that upper end gear? Because that's what you usually hear with keto athletes and, and for really high intensity, high output things. Probably like if you're just walking around the block, you're, you're sedentary, stay at home person, whatever. It, it doesn't really matter if you're keto or high carb, you know, it, it you're not going to be glycogen depleted, but for somebody that is training twice a day, most days of the week, and based on the, the current diet you just mentioned, that's still relatively on the lower end of the carb, but what you might expect for somebody that is training that frequently at a high level. Uh, so are you finding like you're, you're maybe missing that fifth or sixth gear when it comes time to really keep pushing hard towards the end of a training session or a competition or a bout or anything? Um, I think mainly, uh, like in strength, uh, so my endurance is better on keto, mm -hmm. but like, I'll know when I'm, when I'm like wrestling with someone and I'm like trying to get a choke in like now with the, with being on carbs, like Vitargo, I can really power through, uh, but then like without, without like the, when I'm like on keto, it's like harder, like my endurance is there. I won't get tired. I won't feel like that burn or lactic acid, like that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. but, but I'll feel like not as strong. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. All right, Mina. I think that is a, a good stopping point for this. We can get you back on and delve deeper into all the things Amazon uh, once we get some feedback on this initial episode from the listeners to see what other avenues we can go to. Uh, where can uh, anybody reach you if it's brand, consumers, or otherwise to hit up you and Trivium for services? Yeah, so uh, for like uh, my Instagram is at the Mina Elias, M I N A E L I A S. Uh, my and then the website is triviumco.com, T-R-I-V-I-U-M-C-O.com. Um, and and then it's Mina at triviumco.com is my email. So email me if you have any questions. Uh, you know, you can find me on LinkedIn, Mina Elias, uh, to ask any questions there as well. Um, but I'm you know pretty accessible. Just email me, message me. Um stay away from Facebook because like that's like thousands of friend requests, <laughs> you know, all the time. Uh, but Instagram and, and uh, LinkedIn and my email are pretty easy. Okay. Excellent, Mina. Thank you so much for joining us. Links to everything will be in the show notes and uh, have a great day. Awesome. Take it easy, guys.